Hello, and welcome to the Party Invite Show, where we strive to bring people just a little closer together to play, discuss, and enjoy everything video games. You can typically, typically find this show in two parts, uh, with the podcast segment up front and the more visual element back uh, in back. I am your host, Tegan, and joining me today is your boy, Vilos. That's a me. Uh, we've got a wonderful show lined up for you today, a little news, some what we've been playing, and then uh, at the end of the show, or after the audio version, uh, we're going to get into Behind the Frame. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, here's the synopsis for Behind the Frame. Uh, set in the year 1986, the, the story follows two siblings. One of them disappears while searching for a famous novelist and must discover the truth behind a dark ritual that took place. The gameplay focuses on siblings exploring a mansion and fighting off hostile ghosts using a special camera. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute, that's Fatal Frame. Hold on, Carlos. <laughs> that's not right. No, no, no. No, I got the right one here. It's, uh, let's see, okay. Uh, a tune-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when, when wow. he is accused of murder. Sure. Yeah. No, wait. That is sorry. Sorry, I get I got it mixed up. That is who framed Roger Rabbit. All right. All uh, right. no, no. Sorry. Behind the frame. Behind the frame from Acapura Games. Uh, guide brushstrokes. This is the real one. This is actually the real synopsis of this. Guide brushstrokes and solve a variety of puzzles to help an aspiring artist complete her masterpiece amid her brusque neighbor's gaze and his pesky cat, as her paintings. Uh, as her painting starts to take shape, uncover an emotional tale of chance and artistry revealed behind unrelated yet familiar moments. Boom. That I, sounds a little bit more right. That sounds yeah. much more, you know, the the chill vibes. I was when you, Carlos, when I started reading about a haunted camera, it just didn't something didn't seem right. <laughs> I honestly could swear that you actually started it out completely right, and I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Sure. I mean, it could, it could be said in 1986. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's such a great game. We're we're going to explore all of it because it's it's nice and uh, compact. So yeah, we're gonna. Uh, did, what it's a it's a two hour time to beat. Um, so maximum. Oh, yeah, cool. And I, well, I'm slow at playing games, so the maximum part <laughs> is very important. Um, so we'll we'll hope to start and finish that here tonight uh, before the end of the stream. Yeah, and I played Behind the Frame last year on release day, uh, but I we uh, kind of need to say, as well as I really want to say, that uh, Akapura uh, Games was kind enough to send us a code to play since there was a new content update due to the game extending to Switch and PS4 consoles back on June 2nd. Uh, also, this is our uh, first official shout-out to Rainmaker.gg, which is a really great tool to co uh, connect game publishers with potential brand partners. Um, and it has a really simple application process for creators that are looking for uh, game codes. Uh, it's a really quick application process. Uh, and if you want more info, obviously check out rainmaker.gg. Um, you can always send us questions or whatever, but um, we just started using it. And please note, they did not sponsor us to say that, but uh, I am very appreciative of any process that allows creators to get game codes. For um, sure. Especially in a situation where I've personally already uh, bought the game. We just uh, you know, got, a, got a code for another person so we could actually have filling, uh, fulfilling discussion about that game. So Yeah, which, really uh, you know, to I mean, pun totally intended, uh, a look behind the scenes for us is that with our uh, new change of format for the show, uh, where we talk about, you know, whatever news strikes us, uh, and then whatever we've been playing, we we don't always know, you know, a week in advance what we're gonna do for the rest of the show. We just know that at least somebody's gonna be here uh, to to put on a show for you. So that might be playing a game together. It might be playing a game uh, with one of us and the and the other spectating. So this was perfect because uh, Vilos, I'm gonna be honest with all the stuff on my plate and my uh, exasperation at completing a backlog you know uh there's no way i ever would have played this if if you hadn't just shown up with the code on a plate <laughs> in front of me 
So this is a wonderful um, opportunity for us to experience this and, and share it with you guys. Um, and it's such a such a bite-sized experience. It is perfect for the kinds of um, games that, that we would like to play. I mean, I, I always want to play more indies. And uh, Carlos, you've, you've pretty much got, you know, you're pretty much batting a thousand uh, with your recommendations for me. Yeah. So... Um, so this is yeah a, a wonderful opportunity for us. So, so yeah, stick around uh, to later in the show. That'll be behind the frame. And uh, remind say that one more again. Rain. Uh, Rainmaker .gg. Awesome. Well, thanks. Yep. Uh, yeah, thanks to them and thanks to Acapara. Acapara. Man. For sure. the The turtle brand is is basically the way to remember them. On Twitter, they are they are very good friends of mine as far as Twitter is concerned. We uh we talk all the time, and uh, they're they're super fun. They're they're one of the best uh, presences on Twitter for game for the uh, the indie gaming scene. Really fun. That's fantastic. Uh, well, let's see. The first thing we really want to dive into, uh, easy peasy. So we we record the podcast on Wednesday Wednesdays. So, uh, last Thursday. The day after we recorded was the uh, June 2022 Sony PlayStation State of Play. And uh, while I didn't watch the actual presentation, uh, I think it was going on while I was at work, I checked out this wonderful Polygon article that has uh, everything you need uh, to look at. I'll drop that in chat here in a minute. Uh, but that uh, has all the trailers you'd like to look at. So that's where I'm pulling all my information from. And I'll get some videos up here as we're, we're talking to you. Uh, but, uh, Vilos, is there anything you want to talk about first that you saw on the showcase? Uh, I mean, it, it was not as huge for me as, uh, as it would be if it were, you know, Nintendo's or, or Xbox's thing. But, uh, as far as stuff that stuck out with me, things that I would definitely play if I had, uh, a PS5, uh, since I, I figured you probably weren't going to talk about it, <laughs> Eternites. Yo, Eternites is my jam. Uh, if if uh, the demo duo was here, I'm sure Cram would be all up in my business about uh, Eternites. It looks super good. Um, this is a very uh, very much a, an an action game slash visual novel dating sim uh, that is extremely anime. But uh, that's never stopped you before. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it looks it looks like a really good time. It's um, I don't think they gave us English voice actors yet in that. I don't remember for sure, but it's it's one of those games that is probably going to have a, a nice little cult following for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, just like a, a lot of um, a lot of really good uh, anime stuff, like uh, Aegis Rim, which just came out on Switch after a really good run on on PlayStation. How do you spell that? Um, uh, Aegis Rim, A E G I S. Oh, okay. Rim. <laughs> Uh, like the, there's so many really cool visual novels that that are taking that anime style and bringing uh, bringing a lot of genres together at the same time, and uh, yeah, like Anomalo says, it's it's a crazy combo, uh, and it's it's just my style. Like there's a little bit of Astral Chain to this, and then oh, the that's visual the novel game I was thinking of goes a long yeah. way. Yeah, it it's completely my jam. And uh, it, it was a little little uh, hidden gem, I think, as far as the showcase is concerned, because I, I did watch a little bit of it live. And on YouTube, there were chatters just, you know, crapping on it. But uh, then you'd see the, the one person that, like, always plays these games. And they were like, because <gasps> <laughs> we didn't really we didn't really know anything about this uh, beforehand. So, yeah, I'm into it. Eternites. Oh, you know what? I spelled it wrong when I searched it in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just did N I T E S. Uh, so yeah, that's Etern Nights, like like night as in day and night. Um, yeah, that looks cool. I uh, I think you said it right. Like that's definitely more your game than my game. Um, but but I I enjoy that. Uh, Astral Chain was a game that looked cool to me. Uh, as far as like its combination of that two D and three D anime element. I'm sure there's a name for that specifically. I just am not familiar with it. Um, but it's a it's a very striking uh, animation style. I mean, we see that in a ton of games now, and it looks so good. And as far as art styles go, it seems so very accessible. 
it, it seems like literally anyone could get into it. It's it's a similar thing to Nino Kuni, which Lizzie is also playing right now. So I've been watching more of that. Nice. Um, you know, and and anytime I see Lizzie really into something, it it just reminds me. Because uh, like I'll I'll watch what Lizzie's into, and I'll watch what she's watching on Twitch. And it it just reminds me how many different types of people there are who are in all sorts of into all sorts of different types of games, and how the marketing and like the 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 first five seconds of a trailer are often enough for somebody to yep or nope it, you know. And so, like a Nino Cooney thing, I think is so much easier, or anything in this art style is so much easier to immediately be like, I'm interested, you know. Like I don't know what this is, but I'll check it out because. You can look at it and be like, I either like video games or I like animation, and either of those could be enough to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to go check it out. So, uh, so that's Eternites. Uh, what else have we got? I'll, I'll do one. Um, we've got yeah. Roller Dome, which is a. I don't know. I I love everything that's going on in here. It has the <laughs> minimalist '80s animation style of that game that I can't remember, Carlos, that you liked with the Japanese breakfast song. Sable, yeah. Sable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost the exact same engine, if not the same engine. Like it looks just like Sable. Yes, it does. Uh so they're uh roller sabling around an arena. Um <laughs> and and shooting each other. I mean, so it's in a it, this looks like an arena shooter in the most literal version of the name <laughs> that you could you could get. So the trailer we're watching right now they're straight up they're they're on the sides of walls going uh you know they're going up ramps but they're also like on the sides of buildings kind of like how spider-man would run this character is uh in the air shooting these two pistols in kind of bullet time uh every once in a while stylish af uh i we just saw mechs uh shooting rockets and all this stuff yes so very stylish and over the top in a way that I think is uh, perfect for anybody who's into any of this, right? It's called Roller Drome, which takes you back. I, I incorrectly called it Roller Dome before, I think. <laughs> uh, Roller Drome is clearly a hearkening back to uh, those 80s vibes. It's the same in the animation. You've got mm -hmm. this, I mean, the name is Roller Drome, you know, which harkens back to Thunderdome. Uh, or video wait video drome yeah video drome you could you could say thunderdome in there all you could say them. rollerball you can just throw all kinds of stuff you that's know, it's jet grind warfare is what that game is i, I mean, love that, that description yeah so that looks great um we've talked about i mean um we've played and discussed all these games that fit into this genre of like sports multiplayer now i mean i assume that game's multiplayer but i don't actually know uh you know we, we with knockout city we have um roller champions which just came out which uh, we've been playing um and all this stuff i i just think i you know i love this because like chris is always into the mario strikers game he's I, i'm pretty sure i've got that right isn't strikers yeah, the one yeah. that he likes um, you guys recently, uh, you and Sav picked up, uh, I was going to say Wii Sports, uh, Switch Sports, yeah. and that has all sorts of stuff in it, right? I mean, I think there's just a wonderful crowd appeal to games like this, and um, you've got the nostalgia factor, even though this is an original IP, so I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's uh, that seems fun, you know? I, I hope it makes a big splash. Who knows? It's probably just going to be like all these other uh, more low-key um, sports releases, but but one of them's got to break big. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of them has to. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't have Ubisoft and EA money in it. I mean, a lot of people are going to be looking for for it because of that. So that's nice. Yeah. So uh, so that's wonderful. Um, this I pulled up. This is for Nintendo. We're gonna we're gonna wait on that for a minute. Uh, let's see the Callisto Protocol. Do you care about that one? Uh, I do. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it necessarily, but I, I did find it funny that uh, we got a little news update about it just like a few days before this uh, showcase happened. And uh, I forget who it was. If it was like the director or one of the narrative designers or something. They're like, 
uh yeah so it's no longer in the PUBG universe <laughs> oh right i forgot that they had even said that like they they came out and and gave that little update a few days beforehand and it was so funny and then this trailer comes out it's like yeah guys it's just new dead space you're welcome yes <laughs> like yeah but it does look really great it's like i don't feel like it's a hundred percent derivative of dead space it's just very much dead space made its own genre like it, it defined the genre i think enough totally. to a point that anything that is horrific body like body horror in space it's gonna be compared so that it's it makes yeah. sense yeah uh, but... dead space is like the uh i think honestly that it's the alien of the of video games of the genre alien yeah uh it inspired so much space horror space sci-fi mm -hmm. horror um that that just about anything ever since any movie and even a lot of stuff like this you can you can find you know six degrees of separation you know six degrees of alien uh dead space <laughs> is the same and, and so as i watch this dead space is obviously the first thing that comes to mind mm -hmm. um but uh you know it, it's got it's got all sorts of cool new stuff in here it's got mech warfare well mech warfare i say loosely uh just because you got some robots that seem uh dangerous wow those are yeah. some brutal uh <laughs> i would not want to be on on whatever planet that is is this supposed <laughs> to be like a, a titan or something i think it actually is supposed to be in our universe theoretically but uh yeah, it, it looks good. I mean, obviously, in, in the trailers, we're probably seeing the official death scenes. Oh, so no doubt. I, I'm I'm wondering how the day-to-day, the -day, you know, minute-by-minute -minute gameplay is going to be. But it did... Day-to-day? A day, -day, a day in the life like, <laughs> uh, on Callisto. It did, like... It, it threw me the bone of Resident Evil 4. If you think about Resident Evil 4 the first time you played it or something, like... Because Dead Space 1 was slower, more methodical. Dead Space 2 opened it up, made you feel a lot more like a badass. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like Dead Space 2 really took a lot from Resident Evil 4 and was like, oh, you're you're supposed to, you know, be able to really defend yourself. And that's that's the good thing about Callisto Protocol is it, it looks like it's it's going back a little bit farther than the OG Dead Space did to uh to not just bring the scares, but bring the the actual feeling of of being that heroic character. So We'll see if, if that character is anything like Isaac. I, I mean, I'm kind of neither here nor there on Isaac himself from from Dead Space. So we'll see if we have another horror icon character. Um, I'm not really concerned because it still looks like it's going to play well, but uh, I, I do wonder if it'll be something strong enough to make an actual franchise out of. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That was Callisto Protocol. Uh, one another thing we saw. Uh, let's talk about the Resident Evil Four remake next. We'll uh, play this trailer here in a moment. But uh, mostly, all there is to say is it's Resident Evil Four, a totally <laughs> solid game. Uh, the the only Resident Evil I have any emotional attachment to. I I want to play Seven at some point, but I already put it off for so long. Uh, but before I have fond memories of watching almost the whole playthrough of my friend. It was one of one of the first games I ever watched instead of played, uh, which you know set me on the path to watching people play stuff on Twitch. Uh, but I, I really liked that one. It was um, unique in a whole lot of ways. Uh, the the older Resident Evil games didn't have a ton of appeal to me, and I think after years of looking back at those, I think I've realized that's mostly because they had tank controls. Everything, the movement felt so silly in a way that was distinctly uh, a Japanese game thing, and especially a Sony thing. And as someone who grew up without a Sony console, I grew up on Nintendo and then Xbox, um, it felt so completely different from anything I'd ever played before. So I didn't have any real attachment to it. So when Resident Evil 4 came out, that felt like much more, I could understand it uh, much more. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's my experience with that game. And, and uh, when they announce a remake, I mean, to me, this just seems like a cool excuse for me to go and actually play uh, for the first time with my own hands, this uh, 
this story that has some meaning to me. The only one really in this franchise uh, that does. Eight seems fine. I don't think I don't have anything against Resident Evil Eight, um, but this has that nostalgia factor. Um, you know, Resident Evil nostalgia is, is what this one's called. And I mean, they're still clearly using the the RE engine that they started with the remake too. So it's so pretty, and I cannot wait for it. Um, they they brought it. Sounds like they brought the same actor for Leon back um, mm -hmm. as well. So it that makes it a little bit different because I really loved the Resident Evil Four original uh, Leon. Um, because it, it was it was very close to Matthew Mercer because Matthew Mercer did the uh, the Resident Evil Six and uh, I think a couple of the animated movie Leons. Oh, is that right? I um, saw it. one of you guys was saying, you know, we love Matt Mercer Leon. Yeah, and the the guy that did it in Resident Evil Four, like Matt Mercer, almost exactly copied him, like straight oh, yeah. up. Uh, and and it was I feel like it was the the peak Leon, as far as character goes, the the lines like it felt like no, it's pronounced the the Leons. Yes, yes. The script sorry. is nothing but Leons. <laughs> uh, it it was it felt to me like you were playing as Dante when it originally came out. You know, like Dante from Devil May Cry, and and that totally. was so fun because Leon was fully capable to to do whatever the hell he wanted in in this game and so I I want to see how they're going to take this uh more subtle performance of Leon. I don't know if they're going to bring the humor back cuz Resident Evil 4 was funny. Like they they had for some reason, you know, this weird sexual tension between him and uh his his uh his assistant that's calling him on the on his little uh, radio thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, uh, Ashley, the girl, the president's daughter that he has to save. So oh, I, I am very intrigued. Right now. Let's get out of that. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that, I, that's quit, I quit watching YouTube for a second and it's already out of control. <laughs> You're welcome, chat. You're welcome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm excited to see how much changes in this one, because this one is the the most played Resident Evil game for me. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm very intrigued, but I don't think they can mess it up either, despite it being Capcom. Yeah, I mean, how much? You know, they they all they have to do is put minor quality of life updates in there and just I don't know soften a couple of the edges, and uh, I think people are gonna be happy with it. Yeah, because I mean, people were disappointed with Resident Evil Three, despite it playing very well and just being very good. It was. It was just the shortest Resident Evil experience. Four, though, was significant uh, a significant more game. Like there, there were a lot more hours in it. Um, I used to just take extra time playing it, but I would generally, you know, put in ten to fifteen hours into Resident Evil Four on every playthrough just for the fun of it. So, um, Wait, definitely, there's that, a lot more to it. Uh, like I would put ten to fifteen hours of Resident Evil Four in one playthrough. How so, how long does it normally take? That seems fast it's, to me. Like, it, it technically. You're like, oh, I, I really took my time with it. Might I have been twenty hours. Speed run ran but... it in three hours. <laughs> but like, Resident Evil Three was only like three or four hours. Really? Uh, the remake. Remake. Really? Yeah. And it, it pissed some people off. <laughs> I mean, that's really surprising to me. Uh, if I had bought that game without doing research, I would have been upset if I rolled credits after four yeah. hours. Like remake two because you have two characters, uh, it's like eight hours per playthrough or a little bit less, so that makes it sixteen hours. But that's because you have two two playable characters. Mm -hmm. um, so three did not have that uh, that extra bit there. So, but four is a much longer story. So uh, it it should satisfy. Yeah, that that game is broken down into cool segments where you're like, I'm in the village right now. This is crazy, and then you move on to the next segment. And you're like. Okay, uh things they're definitely worse. Uh but we're fine. We're going to get we're going to be we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're in the swamp and stuff, but we're going to be all right. Then you get to like the castle uh and you find you you know looking at like cultists and stuff. Um <laughs> just the way that that game is separated into pieces. Uh the the horror lover in me is totally into it. 
uh, because you've got all these mm-hmm. different types of, of tropes and uh, characters and, and possibilities. Also, you know, the fact that you have the other characters running around in that world, just like any Resident Evil, you know, uh, whoever you're playing, they're going to run into all these unbelievably charismatic mystery people and you're only ever going to find i don't i forget how it works in resident evil 4 but in my head it's always like uh whoever you were looking at it's going to turn out that they either betrayed you long ago or they're <laughs> uh they died to save you and you didn't know it until well after they died that's like the cla- to me that's the quintessential resident evil uh mystery npc there, there's there are some really good characters in this. Obviously, Ada comes back, and there's Luis, who is uh, uh, an agent of the uh, in that local area. I forget what the area itself is called, but he's investigating Las Plagas. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the boss fights in this game, which are phenomenal. Um, they did show in the in that trailer. They did show a little bit of the lake that you go into the first boss, the gigantic fish thing. Yeah. No um, thanks, man. Yeah, there are some terrifying, that terrifying enemies in that game. But no, I don't want anything to do with a water monster. Absolutely. Then there's not. the then there's the cave troll. I I cannot wait to oh, see uh, how it looks. El, in this El Gigante. Engine. Never forget yes, that. El Gigante. <laughs> um, yeah, so many really great bosses. So uh, very excited to see how it turns out. It's got to be good. Like I I don't see another way that it can be. Right. Uh, well, what else have we got? I think the last thing on my list here, let me double check. Oh, uh, briefly, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, New Game Plus is officially here. We knew that would be on the way. Uh, that update is finally out. So uh, sure, sure would have been nice if that was out when people had just beaten the game. You know, uh, we saw somebody in our community who was like, man, what do I do now? I just started a new, like a new different video game just before this New Game Plus came out. You know, and he's like, I, I would, I would love to play it, but I just started this other thing, like, you know, game <laughs> hashtag gamer problems, basically. Um, and then uh, Spider Man, uh, the new Spider Man Two, which we saw a trailer for earlier this year in the spring, uh, sp- the spring state of play showcase. Uh, we knew that was coming to PS Five, but now it's coming to PC, so that's exciting. Um, we're we're seeing. A good handful of games uh, that Sony's into that that have previously been exclusives coming to PC. So um, I'm optimistic for that. I mean, of course, you know they're doing it for business reasons. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> um, but that is that's something I think a lot more people have wanted. Uh, as someone who's owned a PS5 that pretty much hasn't played it at all until the past couple weeks, like I I've played. I mean, that's not a true statement. Um, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've played it plenty, but I set it down for like almost six months, um, at least four months, I think, until I just started playing Spelunky again. Um, so, so the fact because I'm on PC all the time, I'm a, I'm a mainline PC gamer. Um, so, so when I see the stuff, these games I want that are going to come to PC, that's so much easier for for me because I do a lot more gaming here in this chair than I do on my couch these days. So, <laughs> um, you know. That's a that's a wildly expensive product for them to allow me to sit in a different chair while I play, but uh, I'm appreciative <laughs> of it. Uh, anyway, I think the the last thing we've or actually we've got two more. Let's go. Uh, let's bring up this Stray uh, trailer. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Stray is a game where you play as a kitty. You're a stray cat uh, exploring the world. One of the headlines that I saw was that uh, this game. It's like this game proves that curiosity did not kill the cat. Uh, <laughs> actually, let's see if I can. This says, uh, the synopsis on this YouTube trailer says, Lost, alone, and separated from family, a stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten cyber city and find the way home. Stray is coming to PS5 and PS4 July 19th. So yeah. You play as a kitty knocking over bottles on rooftops, apparently, <laughs> riding a cool boat. And um, I'm not sure if there are any humans in this world. Everybody I was is... about to say, that's a very good thing to me. Yeah. Uh, everyone is either a robot or a cyborg. They 
there doesn't seem to be a lot of human uh, a human in there. But um, just seeing it, it's it's so pretty, and they did put a whole lot of time into not only cat physics and actual like um, uh, uh, motion stuff. Like they, I think they did actually motion capture the cat, if I remember right. They had one of their de- developer oh, blogs dude, or whatever of that. There's no way they um, didn't like watching how that cat just laid down. Yeah. Looks one hundred percent real. Like there's, yeah, there are a lot of the, talented people out there, but there's no way they didn't use motion capture for that. <laughs> but the the traversal and the uh, the exploration that you do, because obviously cats will explore things differently. They will knock shit over just for fun. Like they put that into the game. So I, I'm really excited to see where that goes. And honestly, if it's at least a, a ten hour game, that would merit a purchase of a ps5 <laughs> like <laughs> you no you would buy a ps5 to play stray of all Most the likely, games yeah. oh my if, gosh if i had the chance i love that yes i love that i guess it could also play final fantasy 16 hey if, you know maybe if you wanted to play god of war sometimes uh that one's pretty cool uh well that is uh yeah so that's that's gonna be here in july uh that game sure looks nice sure looks nice and then uh, I think the last thing I've got on my list here is Street Fighter VI. So let's get this rolling. So uh, I, oh, actually, you know, this is this is not on purpose, but I'm wearing my cross-up jacket, the fighting game event I used to run. Nice. Um, I loved running those events, even though I don't play fighting games, because uh, fighting games, really fun to spectate, turns out. Um, Tekken's my favorite, but Street Fighter is really solid, too. Um, the, the most exciting thing about being in a room full of people watching this is that even as somebody who doesn't know precisely what's happening, like the intricacies of when someone's doing a certain move or when they're uh, waiting for an opening that I don't see, you know, um, when something does happen, everyone just loses their mind at, at the same time. And um, it, there's just this wonderful energy with watching a game like this live you know it's it's fun watching it but that's why it's also fun sitting on the couch with your friend to play something like this like i played uh some soul caliber back in the day uh you know not a whole lot but it's like you get the same thrill from fighting games like this that you do if you're playing like madden or fifa or something um but 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 in a not a side scroller in, in, in a fighting game like this where it's 1v1 on the side, you know, which is to say that it's a fighting game, not like Smash. Like Smash is a brawler. Uh, but it's like, it's just you, it's just the two of you. You got two bodies and your fists and your feet and fireballs. Um, so this, uh, anyway, I say all that. Street Fighter had a long, Street Fighter Five had a long, long life cycle. It came out with a very rough, a really rough initial release um but they they pulled it out they had um season after season after season uh where they constantly updated and improved the game and so by the time i really looked at it for the first time this is street fighter 5 again that i'm talking about uh it had been out for almost three years and uh, and people still love that game i mean my friends who play never stopped playing they never really slowed down um but it's it's a game that's been out for like five or six years, I think. I mean, at least five. Uh, so to see Street Fighter Six actually come out, it feels like this game has been the white rabbit um, for for so so long. So to see this come out seems like pretty much everybody I've seen is uh, is really excited about it, and it looks like there's a lot to be excited about. This uh, the art style we've seen has been a little more realistic instead of animated, like, cartoony. Cartoony, you know, doesn't do it any good favors because that's, like, a really generic... That's painting with a broad brush. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really like the art style. And there was a, a leak, actually. I thought it was an official release, um, but it was a leak of a bunch of character art for for Street Fighter Six, And it was official, like Capcom confirmed that it's all accurate. They just weren't ready to release it yet. <laughs> um, but it's got the whole roster that we know of. And um, they, uh, Capcom was excited that despite 
all of that information being released, you know, leaked ahead of time, uh, that the internet was pretty much thrilled about it. Uh, so they were very happy to see that. I mean, most of the times I think when you see leaks of any kind, there's always a loser of like you robbed somebody of the hype of their release or you robbed somebody, you know, you spoiled somebody when they weren't trying to be spoiled, stuff like that. Um, but this was an example of a leak being pretty much a net positive. Everybody won. Everybody was happy with it. Um, so I don't even know. Does this tell me when Street Fighter Six is on the way? Uh, no, it does not. It says stay tuned I for... I didn't remember them having a date on it, yeah. More information. So who knows when that's going to be here, but uh, I mean, the game is firmly on the way. Uh, that is that is real, tangible footage of uh, characters and, and kind of gameplay sort of <laughs> yeah and i i haven't been on the street fighter scene for a long time but they uh in the beginning of that trailer it also had what looked to be a yakuza style uh story mode sort of thing so mm -hmm. uh even if that's just like very tiny bits in between uh the main you know two person on screen gameplay that's really nice especially when that it kind of means that you know, it's it's not only maybe giving the game a little bit more longevity uh, and, or a little bit more replayability for those that aren't just straight up crazy competitive, mm -hmm. um, but that they're taking notes, period, because they realize that a, a game series like Yakuza, which is a regular street brawler, you know, mm -hmm. is doing a lot of shit right. And it's, it's you know, hitting a lot of marks. I mean, there's there's plenty of people that will have Yakuza and Street Fighter in their repertoire and no other games like yeah those are two very close things well they're close but they're also they are firmly in different genres they're very similar but uh i think both of them are really good they're like a gateway to each other like they're both really good starting points into each of their genres like yakuza similar to how we had mentioned alien and dead space uh to me when i think of whatever that genre is called Yakuza is the thing I think of. And, uh, you know, when I think of a traditional fighting game and not, not a brawler like Smash and not a brawler like Yakuza, um, but a, a, a true fighting game, um, I think of Tekken and I think of Street Fighter. I think they're both really good, uh, pretty accessible uh, games to get into. I have, uh, you know, I, I think the fighting game community can, can be a little abrasive sometimes, but... Um, Really, when you talk to people and it's clear that you both love a fighting game, people will open up and they'll be so excited to to play with you and to give you pointers and all this stuff. And, um, you know, even though I, I did give, I think that I gave fighting games a, a fair shot. I did try to play Tekken for a hot second, but uh, um, I think I just decided it wasn't for me. But I had a bunch of people really help me out in ways that I wasn't expecting because of how competitive people are. I thought that they were going to be kind of hostile, you know, because people could have pretty intense opinions on, on fighting games. Uh, so it, it was really nice to see so many people who um, I could enjoy those games alongside, but who were willing to go out of their way and teach me how to play because I knew nothing when I, when I checked those out, I, I tried to learn how to play Guile in street fighter five for a second. It was really hard. It was way more, <laughs> way more difficult than I thought it would be. And most of it was just teaching my thumbs how to press the buttons correctly. It wasn't about the actual fighting. I never even got to the part where I was properly fighting anyone. I was just messing around in the um, practice mode, trying to use, you know, my down back guard. Uh, and I just couldn't do it. But um, again, it was nice to have people who were really patient with me. So yeah, that's uh that's Street Fighter Six and and uh, no release date, but we'll see it down the road, and uh, it'll be a wonderful jumping on point for a lot of people. Uh, I'll be excited to see if anybody in the community picks it up. Um, Chrome, if you're still Lord Chrome three seventy five, you're still here in chat. Uh, I know that you play Tekken. If you ever decided to pick this up, I'd be showing up in your Twitch channel real quick. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's it for the Sony Showcase. No, the Sony Showcase. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I've got listed in here, uh, Sovereign Sid posted a, a trailer to the game Inkbound in our Discord. I watched that. Uh, let's see, do I have that lined up? I sure do. Uh, this is a game 
before I read the synopsis, I immediately thought of Monster Train. Uh, it turns out for good reason. This is made <laughs> by the people who made Monster Train. And in fact, uh, this is just their second game, which surprised me. I don't think I realized that Monster Train was their first game because that game was really good for a first game. Uh, but it's got this uh, nice animation style. It looks like it's isometric. Uh, it says that it is a roguelike tactics slash RPG. So uh, Monster Train was a card battler. This does not appear at all to be a card battler. Um, but Monster Train was a roguelike uh, tactics game. You took turns and, and your characters occupied spaces where they could do certain things. Uh, this this looks, uh, you know, similar art style, but you've got like more of an arena instead of a grid like I traditionally associate with tactics games. Uh, you've just got a more open space and you're moving around. It looks turn-based. You saw uh, a boss and some other enemies in there. Um, let's see. Do not forget that it's actually co-op. Oh, it is co-op. I like that. Co-op. Shoot, oh, that's boy. all you needed to say. <laughs> okay, well, then we'll be seeing that in here uh, in no time. I streamed <laughs> ages ago. I streamed some Monster Train while I was swapping back and forth actually between Splunky 2 right when that came out uh and Monster Train I was hopping back and forth uh but Inkbound let's see it will be released into Steam early access in 2023 that's a pretty big window but it is early access so you know roll with it uh so that's exciting yeah that's Inkbound uh and that's it for all the uh trailers and news and stuff of course that's a whole lot of stuff <laughs> that's uh <laughs> whole bunch of stuff and none of that is to even touch what's in the week ahead of us uh this week i mean tomorrow right vilos uh yeah the not e3 starts uh everything summer games fest summer games fest and and everything else that would normally surround e3 such as uh microsoft's having a conference um bethesda's having a conference right i guess it's the same thing now probably yeah, so tomorrow is uh, Day of the Devs is the main thing. So it's the kickoff of Summer Game Fest is Day of the Devs. So that's uh, a lot more indie stuff. And then uh, later tomorrow is the Devolver, <laughs> Devolver Showcase, Heck which yeah. is going to be the best thing we watch all summer. It's, man, it's so um, good every time. It's Even if you don't <laughs> like video games, even if you don't care about Devolver's games, their showcases are always the best in show because they are their own piece of entertainment wrapped in exactly. a nice little box. Um, and then uh, on Sunday is the Xbox Bethesda, and that's the one to watch, really, for most people. And then Capcom uh, on Monday also has a, a showcase. There's plenty of stuff in between, but those are the big ones for sure. Yeah. It's interesting because E3 was like the, the sun that created the solar system of the Devolver Showcase of the Microsoft stuff. Nintendo was there for a while, and they've now gone towards doing their directs, which now other people have started to emulate, uh, like the state of play. Uh, it's just funny how, how E3 was the thing that started it all, and everything else was around it. But now that E3's gone, all of this is just like, hey, here's what you wanted anyway. E3 was kind of, you know, behind the times. Like, everybody else adapted it, and E3, E3 was just too big to uh, kind of change to what people like us are, are looking for. So now we basically just get the best parts, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, last year, I mean, the best case in point is last year Devolver's showcase overlapped E3. And the thing that overlapped was the Borderlands showcase or something, which ended up being almost entirely just Cliff Blazinski. Am I saying his name right? Cliffy B. Uh, yeah. Talking about the Borderlands movie, which I couldn't care less about. And so I was just like, well, this is exactly why E3, which is all made up of these big marketing deals and all of, all of this industry insider stuff, why I don't care about that, but Devolver over here made something that's hilarious to watch. Uh, just give me that. And and so, you know, Jeff Keighley rolled in last year for the first time with Summer Games Fest, which was awesome. Um, some of some of that behind-the-scenes uh, dev stuff with indie games is some of my favorite video games coverage uh, because it's so much more visible to uh, a, a lot of gamers who normally don't look up that stuff, you know? 
Um, there are tons of wonderful resources out there. One of my favorites is uh, No Clip with Daniel Dwyer. Um, they've got lots of great stuff, but people have to hear about them or go look them up. Um, but the Summer Games Fest, focusing so much on indies, I think is is such a humanizing and uh, insightful way to look at how a lot of video games are actually made and not just the customer-facing side that's, you know, hey, here's a cool trailer, buy our game, you know, or some funny tweets or, or anything like that. Like, you really get to see the people uh, behind the frame. Oh, ha. Oh. Man, that's the second time we, I've... We still have at least an hour of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So so that stuff's all fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for the news. Um, anybody who would like to jump into that uh, conversation tomorrow who wants to watch that stuff live, you guys know where to find our Discord. Let's see. I don't think I fixed the Nightbot, so this probably did not work. Uh, but I'll get a, a link Thanks. to our Discord here in chat. Um, anybody listening to the audio version, please go to partyinvite.games to get a link to our Discord. So that's a wonderful place you can uh, hop in voice chat and, and watch live with other people, or voice chat is not your thing. Um, there's, a, there's a specific channel called Party Chat uh, that's designed for having a, a text watch-along, essentially. So if you're interested in that, hop in the Discord. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday when the podcast goes out, you know, you, sorry, <laughs> you snooze, you lose. <laughs> uh, you know, watching us live is the best way to get the information. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not going to be able to join everybody in chat for the earlier stuff. I'm hoping to to get around for the um, the stuff in the evening. But like you said, I think the real thing to watch is the um, everything that's going on on Sunday, which. Uh, do not work on Sunday, so looking forward to, to being there for that. Uh, but, uh, Vilos, let's, uh, enough with the news, let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, I've been playing the same old stuff, so I have really nothing new to say. Uh, Spelunky 2 is great, Rogue Company is great, Overwatch is, is fun in a group, but boy, don't play it uh, with three or less people, because, uh, oof, toxicity uh, abound. Uh, that makes sense. But that's that's pretty much you know I've been playing the same stuff, don't starve, all that good stuff. Um, so I'm not even going to bother saying any more about that. Uh, let's hear what you've been playing. Yeah, um, most of my time technically has been on triangle strategy because I'm I'm trying to get it out so I can maybe trade it in to get any of these other amazing games that are coming. Uh, but um, I put another like ten hours of in, into triangle strategy this week. Uh, so I'm over halfway through the game. It's getting better and better, and it's ridiculous. Um, it's it's just so very good. Uh, it's not like game of the year material for me, but it's it's one of those just all time uh, traditional RPGs that just really works. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Card Shark released last week, so I had to buy that day one. I uh, got it for twenty bucks on the Switch. It's fantastic. So far, I've played just a little bit past where I did originally on PC when we had the demo, because that demo is like got awfully long somehow. I they just released so much of the game. Um, I, I think there's 28 tricks that you learn uh, throughout the game, and I think I'm on the fourth or fifth one now. Uh, but Card Shark is just a beautiful rendition of something you never knew you needed. <laughs> It's it's not a card game per se. It's learning how to trick people, and it's not just about the cards, but it's actually about manipulation of these these people that you're playing against. It's just really fun. It's a little bit too realistic, uh, despite the cartoony visage, um, but it's a, a very fun story. Uh, you are uh, this this mute dude that uh, kind of accidentally gets his caretaker killed. And oh, so he's on the run happens. with this uh yeah, he's on the run with this uh this guy that teaches him all these dirty tricks to to stay alive and survive in this this harsh uh 18th century world um where, you know, you, you got to trick people out of their money <laughs> to survive. That's right. But yeah, I I cannot recommend it enough uh for those that are interested in physical editions uh, Special Reserve Games still has a, an open pre-order for Card Shark. Uh, that means it's going to release. Uh, it's, you're going to get it sometime in the fall this year, 
Uh, so don't expect if, if you go there and order, don't expect to get it soon. But they do have a special version that actually has a marked set of cards uh, for when you actually do want to do real card tricks in front of people. So it's yeah, real so hype. Cool. Uh, and I think that package is $35. You can get just the game, uh, just the Switch version uh, physical for 30 I believe. Uh, and I, I highly recommend special reserve games like any day of the week. If you ever want to talk about physical copies of games, let me know because that's Man, the we got to... I've been thinking about this, but Vilas, you you are like on the the special reserves kick because you're the biggest Thank physical uh, gamer that I know of. Like not just owning a physical version of a game, but all the physical bells and whistles uh, that come alongside it. And I I used to associate before I knew you, I only associated those things with here's a cool collectible figure, you know, mm-hmm. that you're gonna put on your shelf. And I was like, that's fine. I'm not a collector. This isn't for me. So I stopped listening. But then <laughs> here you are and and you're talking about these games and it's you know it's not just you know like Celeste special edition had a cool strawberry that kind of fits the the <laughs> yeah. description of of what I just described, you know, but you're like, "Oh, also, you know, this game has this cool steelbook and, and this other stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, a steelbook? I'm more interested in that." Uh, you know, maybe it has like uh, some concept art or whatever, but uh, then then this one that it, it can teach you actual tricks that you can use, like it teaches you party tricks. That's awesome! Like what a what a wonderful mix of media to be able to take this wonderful experience that's like a card game but not a card game. You know, just like uh, Queen's Gambit is is a, a it's about chess but it's not about chess. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, watching watching that show is not going to make you good at chess, but uh, playing this game <laughs> could actually make you good yeah. at doing card tricks. Uh, that's so novel. That's such a that's such a cool idea. Yeah, and uh, if you you actually have to proceed with each trick in order to get to the next one, you cannot fail and still get to the next trick. So you do have to learn them. Uh, but there's little things like, for example, uh, your character, since he is kind of an errand boy. Uh, in his his act, so to speak, um, one of the things is to uh, to look at the opponent's cards and uh, give a tell to to the the dude that's that's actually playing the game. And so, like, he'll he'll uh, refill a drink and then spill a little bit of it, and you have to wipe the table in a certain direction in order to say a certain suit of card uh, that the that that opponent oh. has. Uh, so it's a lot of cool things like that. Um, Des- it's, if Sabas the gameplay is very ingenious. <laughs> Disgrace, yeah, it's uh, ingenious, and uh, I think it's the coolest part is that um, if, if you look at the credits in the game, because uh, they they have them right in the menu to start, uh, they have like a narrative designer and and you know an actual writer of the story but then they have the person that actually developed the tricks and he was the person that helped special reserve games he's like yes i want to make a damn deck of cards for you guys let's get this out to people and it is so cool that's great yeah i love that <laughs> uh cool well that's card shark uh yeah. that is by devolver you know cool cool dev um I uh, mm. let's see what what have we got? The other one you've got is Fire Emblem Warriors. Yes, yeah. My uh, my other game that I played a decent amount this weekend was Fire Emblem Warriors because if you're not aware, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is coming out later this month. Uh, Three Hopes is based around the uh, characters involved in Three Houses, uh, released in, back a, a couple of years ago. World of Three um, on Switch, uh, but Fire Emblem Warriors, the the first Muso game. Yo, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! Can we can we back this up? Look at this trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, this what, what, her hair. She she's got like moose antlers. Yo, Lissa I mean, is the cute. She's I mean, adorable. It, how do I get my hair to look like that? That's uh, what how I, do I turn into Crom right there? That's the boy you want to be. Oh yeah, Just the, the Marth looking dude on the left. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, <laughs> he, he I mean, he's got blue hair. He's, he's buff, you know. Yeah, he is the Marth-looking dude. So, what uh, is he, son of Marth? Is that a spoiler? Don't there, tell me. There's, there's, there's a whole thing. <laughs> but uh, 
the Fire Emblem Warriors, the OG one, uh, had a couple original characters in it, as well as it brought characters from uh, Fire Emblem Awakening and uh, Fire Emblem Fates, which was technically two and a half games. Uh, oh, <laughs> as my gosh. With Marth 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this Warriors game is pretty good. It's, it's fun. It, I did find myself loving Age of Calamity when that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more so, but Fire Emblem Warriors has, I think it was like 20 chapters, uh, a little bit of repetitive gameplay, but that's that's the point with Musou games. The cool thing is you've got a ridiculous roster of characters that you can play with that have a lot of different play styles. You say, um, you say Musou games. Yes, a Musou game. So Dynasty Warriors style games. Okay, Just I didn't hacking know and slashing that. thousands of enemies, literally thousands of enemies. Yeah. As you um, do, you know, every soldier's been yeah. there. <laughs> exactly, and so like uh, you can see it in the video right now. Actually, the the thing that brought that they brought into Fire Emblem Warriors was a little bit more strategy as far as deployment of your characters and giving orders in different fashions. Because otherwise, the AI is really freaking stupid. Like it will stand there and just wait for you to take control eventually oh, to yeah. do anything. So like the updates in the game, thankfully made the AI better along the way. When it first came out, I kind of stopped playing because the AI was a little bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a few updates. The AI got a little bit better. So, so it kind of forces you to give them orders so they can go guard this area over here. Uh, they can attack a specific enemy in this area over here. Because the point is that you need to oftentimes take down forts or take down specific enemies or occasionally you have to protect a villager that's trying to get out of out of a base over here. You Classic know? villager. Uh, you're, you're killing thousands <laughs> yeah. of soldiers so one dude can yes. like grab his chicken and get out of there. Yes. At, at least that's why I, I imagine that's the I mean, it pretty much is. Like. <laughs> and uh, I forgot the, the trailer even showed um, it did come out on the new 3DS as well. <laughs> oh my goodness but it, this was this came back uh came out in 2018 it was a really good game but i did put off uh finishing it uh, for many reasons but i i went back into it over the weekend and i, I got a few hours in it because i was actually really close to the end and i didn't realize it um it, it's Dude, just that one was of those me in control perfect. i knew i was near the end i didn't realize yeah. i was 20 minutes from the end like <laughs> if i had known i would have just beaten it before i set it down yeah, it's it's one of those perfect casual games, though, like you really don't have to think most of the time when you're when you're playing. And that's that's just a great thing. And hey, neither um, do the soldiers. <laughs> yes, they really don't. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm super hyped about Three Hopes coming soon. So uh, I'm I'm absolutely going to talk about that when it comes out because I, I have to get it. But uh, yeah, that's most of what I've been playing this week. Well, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some uh, footage up of me doing wacky stuff in Spelunky, but that's uh, that's about all I've got for um, you know, non-streaming. Of course, uh, before we before we transition over to uh, behind the frame here, um, the last little stuff. Of course, I'll I'll uh, get that link here for Discord. But uh, we have a a ton of people playing a ton of things in our group, and if you can hear my voice and you're interested in multiplayer games, I'm sure that at least one person wants to play whatever game you're into. So uh, we've lately been into Overwatch, Rogue Company. Uh, we've got Back for Blood and and um, Deep Rock Galactic at some point in the future. Uh, my gosh, I, I can't think of any games we're playing right now. Uh, Stellaris, Project Zomboid, uh, Don't Starve Together, just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and if you don't play multiplayer and you just want to talk about your single-player games, uh, we've got that too. But uh, yeah, hit up our Discord. It's definitely my favorite place in our community, and uh, it's a lot more personal. Uh, I actually listened to a... uh, What was the podcast called? I think it was How I Built This? It's something... It's four words, and it's something really similar to that, if that's not correct. But it was about the creation of Discord, and... uh, some funny takeaways I got from it were that um, the the biggest feedback that Discord has gotten across the board is stop marketing it to gamers because <laughs> because the app is is useful in so many different ways uh, that aren't just gaming 
And uh, to that end, um, you know, I love our Discord because it's not always gaming. I mean, of course, we got funny memes and stuff, but uh, like I wanted to jump in there and, and say that we just watched uh, the first episode of Star Wars Visions, which was super cool. And way the whole time, the whole time I'm sitting there watching it, the first episode is like a, 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 almost a watercolor version of like, what if Star Wars took place in a samurai setting? And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> uh, you know, and the first people I want to go talk to uh, it about or t- talk about it to is uh, it's our community. So, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, if you're into just about anything, uh, join our Discord. We really have a lovely community. But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, hop in there for the upcoming week's uh, showcases starting tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, more on Sunday, more on Monday, but a bunch of stuff in between. Um. But if you don't have anything else to say, Vilos. Uh, the only thing I have to say is not really universal news, but uh, Xenoblade 3 Special Edition uh, pre-order came out today and um, Nintendo screwed us all over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I saw you guys in there. You're like, it has <laughs> been nine hours since I tried to use the internet. Like, tried to use their For website. Real though, it, so it went up at 1030 this morning and... Hours later, I have seen one confirmed order go through, uh, according to Twitter. There were like uh, over 2,500 comments on Nintendo's posts about it. They actually have uh, the entire eShop under maintenance right now. Oh, the whole, just the whole thing? Is that it? The whole thing. You can barely, you can occasionally sign into it. Like you can see what's on the eShop, but good luck actually doing anything on it. Oh, no. so like I right now have a cart that I can't actually get into and uh, every few, every like half hour or so I might be able to log in mm-hmm. and then it'll log me back out. Oh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> tough times, tough times. Fantastic. Nintendo uh, is having a great day today. Well, I mean, <laughs> kind of. Their all. stuff's crashing, but it's because people love it. So is it really that bad of a day for them? You know? <laughs> I don't know if they actually made any money on it. So uh, that's true. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> Thank you.